People's Champ Radio. We back at it. No Chaser Radio is the movement. Roy Mack and Cash. Y'all know what it is, man. Hit us on the YouTube channel. People's Champ Radio. Also, you can hit us up on iTunes in the podcast section as well. Get at us on iHeartRadio coming soon. People's Champ, man. I'm Roy Mack. And over there, we found him, ladies and gentlemen. Cash is in the building. Cash, what's good? Oh, shit. What's up, man? It's the big homie Cash, baby. Get on a two-week vacay. But I'm back, man. I'm back to save the day. No cape. Zod talk. Let's get it. What's good, man? So you should be refreshed right now. Everything good with you? Everybody, every, everything good? Everybody good? Man, everything is everything, man. Just a couple of, uh, you know, Sunday fun days kept me out of the game. Uh, but, you know, I'm all recovered. I'm recouped, man. Uh, we're in the building, baby. All right, man. Let's do what we do to sports, man. Let's, uh, you know, listen, dog. We, we always say on People's Channel Radio, we drive a spaceship, dog. And... and, and Everybody was like, hey, why, why y'all, what's up with the spaceship? Listen, dog, if y'all don't know, I hate explaining simple stuff, but Andre's three stacks told y'all, man. <laughs> three stacks told y'all, spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. You feel me? So we they ain't looking dip. behind us, dog. They dip. <laughs> you feel Big. me? So, hey, that's what it is, man. People Champ Radio. Let's get into it, man. We doing sports, man. Let's talk about, uh, well, a lot oh, to get man. into, first and foremost, man. We got the Lomachenko oh, Rick and Dial oh, fight last night, right? We got the Heisman uh, Trophy came out last night. We're going to talk a little bit about the big baller brand. I'm going to get into a little bit of Yankees talk because they just decided to buy another championship, apparently, right? And and, 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 and some more stuff, man. Down. Yeah, and some more stuff. So we're going to we gonna get to a lot today, man, on, on, on People's Champ Radio. Uh, so let's jump into it, man. Um, let's start right now with Lomachenko. You know what? Before I go to Lomachenko uh, and, and Rigondeaux, let me give a shout out to Trent Giles. I spoke, uh, we did an interview with Trent Giles, uh, one of his cornermen, um, a couple days ago before his fight. It was his second UFC fight. He did get the W in impressive fashion. So, so uh, shout out to Trent Giles fighting that middleweight. Congrats to the young man. Yeah, man. young fellow. Yeah, man. Rumble, young man, rumble. You feel me? So shout out to him, man. He'll be on People's Champ here coming soon. Uh, so yeah, man, make sure y'all check him out on uh, on UFC. All right, but let's jump to it, man. The big fight of the night was Lomachenko and Rigondeaux. Uh, Rigondeaux was uh, moving up two weight classes, fighting at 130 to uh, fight against Lomachenko. Lomachenko was the younger fighter. Apparently, Lomachenko was the faster fighter in a lot of people's eyes. And, uh, you know, both of them were two-time gold medalist in the Olympics but Rigondeaux was uh he did come in at 39 he was the small naturally smaller man I had it as a 50-50 fight if you follow people's champ you heard me say that I thought Rigondeaux would eke out a, a close decision that mm. didn't that didn't happen cash <laughs> mm. tell me what you saw man, last he, night man he, what did you he's, see he's uh age-wise he's allegedly 37 but you know like I said he's probably 42 but his age had nothing to do with what happened last night. But I digress. Yeah. So, uh, tell me what you saw last night, man. You saying it didn't have anything to do with it, with age? So, are you saying that Lomachenko just is just a superior fighter? Well, here's what I saw. Uh, I, I do believe that Lomachenko, uh, you know, is a highly skilled fighter. I mean, I saw that fight against Gary Russell. 
Um, and I thought, you know, Gary Russell uh, has exceptional skills, and Lomachenko uh, outclassed Gary Russell in that fight. Uh, but what I saw last night was inactivity for Rigger Diaw. I saw uh, a guy who wasn't using his left hand at all. And later, um, his camp has said that, you know, he allegedly broke his left hand or whatever the situation may be. But here's what I believe, right? Uh, I'm going to let you get into what you saw in the fight, Roy, in terms of what you believe happened. And then I'm going I'm, I'm to drop the bombshell on everybody and tell them what I believe. Well, maybe it's not a bombshell for those who um, have watched other fights, such as the Conor McGregor-Floyd fight. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to let you get. I'm gonna right. let you give a real breakdown because I honestly oh, okay. don't think it's nothing to break down. All right. I see. I can see already uh, where it looks like you're going to go with this. So let me say this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say this from what I saw in the fight. I'm just talking strictly fighting right now. Um, listen, Lomachenko, we knew coming in that he was the bigger guy. He's super fast. Uh, everybody raves about his, his, his footwork. That was on display last night. Everybody talks about his hand speed. That was on display last night. Um, no one really talks about that he has real crack in terms of power, but, you know, seems to be good power thus far. He makes guys quit. Um, and that was on display last night because he made Regan Diaw quit on his stool. Um, what I saw in the fight, is if, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I was saying it looks like, I think it was around maybe a fourth, fifth round, I started saying it looks like Regan Diaw is looking for a way out. Um, excessive holding, he got penalized for, for holding. Um, it was something that Lomachenko and his people actually brought up uh, about Regan Diaw holding. Rigandale, listen, he's known for being, not really being a guy who engages. He's known for kind of sit back, pot shotting you. Um, he just couldn't get off, couldn't get off. Now, it makes sense, to your point, you did bring up that he wasn't throwing the left hand. He says that he broke his left hand uh, in the second round. That's what Rigandale says. Um, mm -hmm. And so, w what I saw was unfortunate because I hold Rigandale in high regard in terms of his skill level. And I'm never one to come on and question anyone who's in combat sports, question their heart, question their um, integrity, question their their balls, so to speak. Right. But when you right. but when you quit on your stool, it's it's one of those things, you know what I mean, that you never want to quit on your stool unless you absolutely have to. Let me just before I, I throw it to you, Cash, this mm -hmm. quitting on the stool was what ruined Victor Cruz. I mean, I'm not. Is it Victor? Uh, what's my man's name? Um, that fought Floyd. Uh, I can't remember his name. On top of my head, from Kansas. He was a Kansas kid. Uh, Ortiz. Victor Ortiz. There you go. I said Cruz. Victor Ortiz. There you go. Um, that's what ruined his career was quitting on his stool. And people look at that a certain way. Um, listen, if you're hurt, you're hurt. You can't fight, right? But we. He broke his hand. Speaking of Floyd Mayweather. He broke. He's broken his hand multiple times in fights, and obviously he yeah. won those fights because he's fifty and zero. Roy Jones once famously said, "He tells you in the song, y'all must have forgot the right was hurt, beat him with the left." <laughs> you feel me? Um, Shout so, out to the goat. Yeah. So that's not something that's unusual, and you know, it, it, it's something that happens unfortunately in fights. Um, I don't know how bad he was or wasn't hurt. But that's what I saw. I saw Lomachenko look dominant in there and against another guy who everyone else has. They have both of those guys in their top 10 pound for pound. When you dominate another guy, even though they got moved up two weight classes, so we'll kind of throw that little 
caveat in there he dominated a guy that was on uh the pound for pound top 10 list so you know there you go over to you now cash i do i might need to change up the music and go with like some 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 different music but go ahead man yeah hey listen man um so let's talk purses right before the fight started uh shout out to dante's boxing nation because he spoke about the purse shout uh, out to dante fighter, man. uh yeah, shout out to Dante's Boxing Nation, man. DBN Army. I, I'm, I'm a, I subscribe to that channel. Excellent channel. But he spoke about the purses each fighter was to uh, get at the end of the fight. So Guillermo was coming in at 400k, which is an insult um, because they actually offered him 500k like three years ago for this fight. Um, prior to me too. So they offered him 400k, and Lomachenko was set to receive. Uh, I believe 1.1 or 1.2 million. Yeah, I heard 1.2 was the last figure I heard. Right. So, uh, understand. That's not a lot of money uh, at all for taking a fight, taking on a risk that Rigby I was taking on, right? Moving up two weight classes to fight a guy who um, a lot of boxing analysts consider top three pound for pound in the world. Um, you know, Guillermo is just the naturally smaller fighter. He's shorter, right? So he had all the odds working against him. He's, uh, you know, 10 years, over 10 years older than Lomachenko. I believe Lomachenko is 27. Uh, I believe Richard Diaz is closer to 42 than he is 37. Um, we see a lot of baseball with Cubans say they're 17, right? And then it comes out there like 25. Uh, but I, you know, that's neither here nor there. He's an older fighter. For the risk he's taking for him to only be getting 400k, um, that's not a lot of money. People got to remember, man, you got to pay staff when you're going through these training camps, right? And life as a boxer in general costs money to stay in shape, uh, training camps, eating regimen, and the list goes on. So that's, so, a red, so that's a red flag for you off the bat, the purses. Yeah, it's a red, it's a red flag. And it, what it says to me is that unless we are to believe this, fairy tale of oh man we ain't really about the money it's about legacy no not what not what Rigo because Rigo hasn't gotten any, any credit up until now right like you don't hear people raving about uh, Guillermo Rigo Um you don't hear these boxing analysts doing it you'll hear the Dante's boxing nations of the world the boxing egos of the world the radio Raheems they'll give him his props because he's on the the coincidental list and you know anything about the coincidental list, man? None of them, uh, none of the people on the coincidental list have the uh, complexion for the protection. You dig? Um, again, shout out to Dante's Boxing Nation because he breaks down the coincidental list and the hopeless uh, very eloquently. And so, Ricky Diaz on that coincidental list. Coincidentally, right? No one likes what he's what he has to offer um, in terms of just. Him moving up to weight classes, taking on challenges, calling Lomachenko out. Uh, Rizzo and his team literally made this fight. If you listen to the banter that was leading up to this fight, Rigo was the one talking the most smack, right? So let's fast forward to Jews in the next. Yeah, because I'm trying to the kids with. Yeah, let's figure yeah, out where you're me, going I, with I this, want, man. Because Rigo, well, you, you got to get the you got to get the kids the information, right? right? Because ninety percent of people that's listening to this have no idea who the hell either of these fighters are, right? A lot of details. I'm not there. gonna sit here and um, let you insult Jose like that. But go ahead, man. 
Hey man, shout out to my nigga Jose, man. One of the three viewers, and I know damn well hooks. I know damn well hooks uh, or aids don't know who the hell these guys are. So you know, I had to get these. Got to get these guys a little background, right? These these gentlemen who fought last night. Um, that's a mega fight, by the way. Um, in terms of. Uh, fighting credentials. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a different show about what you consider mega fights because, ladies and um, gentlemen, this this guy his rendition of mega fights is weird. But go ahead, I agree yeah, with you. Mega, I do agree with you. Last night, not, based not on the credentials, well, and you know, Roy Jones said that based on the based on paper, that was the greatest fight based on paper in the history of boxing. Right. That's it what didn't, I'm saying. It didn't turn out that way, but on paper, yes. No, it's so a so boxing credential mega fight, but it I'm ain't a commercial you. mega I'm fight. I get, you know what I mean? Fighting at such a lightweight, um, you know, 130 is tough. Uh, but the point is, is that looking at Rigo's history, his last fight, he pretty much KO'd a guy that was like six inches taller than him, naturally bigger, right? Um, I've seen the aggression from Rigo. Rigo has hundreds of amateur fights under his belt. And as a professional, he, he was undefeated up until this point. And, you know, over 60% of his wins were knockouts, right? He's a power puncher. He's aggressive as hell um, in his countering ability. And I watched the fight last night. He's inactive from the beginning because they said he broke his hand in the second round, but he wasn't that active in the first round, right? So then my wheels start spinning. I'm like, why is this guy not punching? Like, what's, what's, what's going on? And then he ends up quitting. And, you know, we were all going through the fight last night, and you were talking about how it looked like he was trying to find a way out, right? And that's just odd to say about a guy like Rigo, who had who defected from Cuba twice, right? Gone through the gauntlet of real life, gone through the hate of boxing. You, you, you feel me? All these obstacles. He finally gets the fight of his life, and he quits? Hell no. Listen, he was paid off. In my opinion, I have no evidence of this other than what I saw with my own two eyes. He was paid to quit because they wanted to make it look like Lomachenko makes another guy quit. And not only just another guy, but one guy that had people saying, you know what? If Lomachenko's going to be beat at this weight, Rigo's going to be the one to do it. Although Rigo's naturally smaller, he moves up to weight classes, Rigo is that dangerous, Right. And for that fight to not even be a contest, not in, a, not in the sense of they're both going at it, and you can see that Lomachenko was just far more skilled. Like, Jose there couldn't even get through the fight. I got you. I got Jose you now. Could, hold on, hold on. Let, yeah. me turn it, let me turn that up. There you go. Yeah. Jose we're going to, we're going to the Twilight Zone. Go ahead. Yeah. Jose couldn't even finish the fight, not because he was like, God damn, this Lomachenko guy's impressive. He stopped watching the fight because he was bored. And for me, that's the issue. You remember we used to watch my fight and dominate people, man, and, and, and Roy Jones, and we just be like, God. Like, you could clearly see they were just better than those guys. Last night, I still don't, I still don't know what I was watching because I'm saying I don't know if he's better than Rigo because this isn't Rigo. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't how he fights. And, again, they talking about the injury and, Listen, man, when it comes down to brass tacks, I believe that he was paid uh, not only to lose but to quit and to make it look like the absolute most embarrassing thing you can do as a fighter, right? He ran his mouth the most. He was talking about how he was going to knock his ass out. He was going to knock uh, Romachinko out. I mean, Ricky D.I. was running his mouth, bro. He was live on Twitter. He was active. Bro. He sold this fight. And he ends up quitting on his stool. 
Which, listen, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to boxing, when you quit on your stool, you're forfeiting on your own. That's like the cardinal sin. That's like the worst thing you can do is go out that way. And so for him to not go out swinging is bizarre at the least based on his history of fighting and his character as a fighter. So I, I won't sit here and, and believe that Conor McGregor, an MMA fighter, showed more heart and more activity than Guillermo Rigadial, who is a legendary fighter in his respective weight class. And just as a boxer in general, two-time gold medalist, right? Super bantamweight fighter, bantamweight fighter, super featherweight fighter. For this brother to have almost, you know, 100 amateur fights and to be undefeated in the pro rankings and to, to, to display what he displayed, either he really did break his hand or the fight was thrown. I don't believe he broke his hand, but I do believe the latter. So that's my conjecture. I'm sticking with that. I've seen other fighters who just got beat. And I was like, okay, this got beat. But it wasn't because of inactivity or doing something odd, like not actually, um, you know, fighting back. I remember, if you kids remember when the Raiders, when Rick Gannon won the MVP and they faced the Bucks, I believe it was, was that 04, 02, something like that? Um, and what year was that? Uh, when the uh, Buccaneers won a Super Bowl when they had, you know, arguably the greatest defense of all time. I remember watching Rich Gannon and the Raiders not throw the football in the Super Bowl. And I said to myself, this is odd because this is how you got here. You got here throwing the football around. And so, it was, um, I had a theory, and I still have this theory, that somebody on that Raiders staff, and I believe it was the head coach, threw that football game. And it was a player that came out and echoed those sentiments, a Raider, right? Came out and said his coach threw that game. And that's how I know, like, my theory, uh, you know, it's either, it's either dead ass on point, right, or, or, it's, or it's correct. I'm looking at Guillermo, man, the way he was fighting last night. That fight wasn't even entertaining, even when Lomachenko was winning because of the inactivity but for Riga D. To, to be fair, right? To be fair, let me let me be the voice of reason here. This is Roy Mag. You're listening to People's Champ Radio. Uh, that conspiracy theory was brought to you by Cash. Um, I don't necessarily disagree uh, with the with the conspiracy only because it's boxing. Even though I love boxing, it was my the it was the the first sport that was like my favorite sport. But it does have a checkered past, right? Um, here's well, what dude, I will they say. They got a checkered present. They ain't got a checkered past. <laughs> but here's what hey, I You just saw Floyd Mayweather fight Conor McGregor. Come on, man. Yeah, you know. I mean, Did you watch that fight? I, I've watched it, yes. All right. Now, do you agree that Floyd allowed that fight to go on? Most definitely, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, they got a checkered present. There ain't no checkered but, past. But that was a little bit different, though. That was because, for whatever reason... Uh, millions of people bought into Conor McGregor's ability to fight uh, in boxing, and you know, so I don't know. But anyway, um, the Rigandale well, thing. Well, let me ask you this before you before you uh, yeah yeah go ahead you go know ahead. be the quote unquote voice of reason. That's what I am, man. The voice of reason. So you watched that entire McGregor fight, yes, sir. versus Floyd, yes, sir. Who was more active, Rigandale or McGregor? Uh, McGregor was in terms of letting his hands go. Uh, McGregor well, was. There you go. 
Where well, is it? You just admitted that a guy who never boxed yeah, in his life was on. more active than a two-time gold medal. But hang you on. So let, again, hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for clearing that up. But that's a straw man argument, and I'll tell you why. First and hey, foremost, and I like the straw man. <laughs> and I like the straw man. First and foremost, Rigandale, the biggest um, critique of him from boxing audiences is the fact that he he is a quote-unquote boring fighter um i remember once hearing max kellerman say his skill level is so high that he makes it look boring kind of just you know you remember they say that about floyd meaning that you know i don't know what that means uh, me yeah, i like me. you know that would be funny like to me, too. to me when people say that about boxers I always say so huh lebron james's skill level is really high and i enjoy watching watching him make it look easy against dudes but well, you know, they said that lomachenko's skill level is very high they're not bored with what he's doing well because and, apparently and he don't even knock people out but see and, and that's the point i'm going to bring up though is that Rigandow is a very defensive uh, counterpuncher. And so his inactivity, he has these those long stretches of inactivity kind of waiting for his man to, to give him an opening. And so, you know, f- first rounds are typically fill out rounds just in general. Right. And if, we're gonna, and if we're going to go with his theory, with, 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 his, with what he came out with, that he broke his hand, if you have a first round, which is a natural fill-out round, and then you break your hand in the second round, you know, at least let me say this. If they are, you know, if this is a work, they did lay out the work. They, they at least laid the groundwork for a proper work because first rounds historically are just kind of fill-out rounds, not a lot going yeah. on. And then if he broke his hand in the second round, well, you're not active. Well, I broke my hand. So if this is a work, they laid the groundwork down pretty good for the work let me just say that because you know Rigandale's not a guy who's a high volume puncher Lomachenko is that's the way he fights high volume of punches Rigandale broke his hand apparently in the second round so he's uh, he's now not gonna th- so it kind of buys in listen again I'm not saying when I saw <laughs> Bob Arum gets into the ring at one point during at the end of the fight it takes him like three minutes to get into the ring I think he's, he's almost gonna fall all types of weird stuff and I'm looking and I'm saying there he this guy there he is <laughs> bob Aaron, right. right and so again could this potentially be something that was conjured up in a work we all know who's the who's the 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 star in the making of apparently the the darling of espn and everyone else is lomachenko lomachenko is where the money is for the next five to seven years right with his age absolutely so if there is a side that politically people would have been on, it's the side of the money, right? Let's just be real. It's the side of the money. So the hopeless. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's what it is. Hey, listen, y'all listen to they People's Champ Radio. He's as good as their Exactly. This is People's Champ Radio, man. I'm Roy Mack over here. Over there, that's the big homie Cash. Y'all can hit the us up on the, y'all can hit us up on the YouTube channel, People's Champ Radio on itunes in the podcast section as well iHeartRadio, radio we coming no chaser radio is the movement a lot of going on man lomachenko rigandale so let me ask you this let's say rigandale says embarrassing, embarrassing i just want to let me wrap that's it up a bad, that's a bad night for boxing by the way well let that's me say this though i thought boxing. so at first as I, I thought so as well but the way that espn built that fight and i'm going to help with your argument at this point the way espn built that fight and what i saw on social media it actually to the to the to, to the quote-unquote casuals right they enjoyed yeah. it because they had been hearing about how great this Lomachenko guy is. 
and that he was fighting another guy who was apparently great as well who they didn't know either one of these guys and they saw him go out there and dominate and apparently people enjoyed it at at least what i saw social media wise because all i saw was yeah yeah because all i saw was a bunch of hey lomachenko his skill level he just you know what i mean so you know why i agree with you i wanted to see uh i thought i was gonna see possibly an all-time great fight because on paper that's what it lined up to be and it wasn't man and it wasn't but you know we'll see but let me ask you this to just to wrap up the lomachenko rigandow let's say rigandow comes back and says you know what my hand's good my hand was broke i'm good now i want to fight him again yeah would you sign up for a part two yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm going to watch anything outside of Conor McGregor and Floyd, right? Like, I'm just not watching that fight. Well, would you I watch the highlights of that fight? Well, would you, you watch, would you, will you watch Conor and Pacquiao? Because apparently that may be in the I works. I won't watch Conor box ever. <laughs> and now Nate Diaz is about to get into the boxing ring as well. Shout out to Nate. You know, him and his brother do have a, uh, and uh, shout out to Andre Woods. He said this a while back. So he was like, yo, man, listen, you know, he's sparred with Nate before. Um, I don't know what that means, by the way, but, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, you know, listen, they sparred. I mean, you know, that's what it means. They sparred. Uh, That that don't mean he can box professionally because you sparred him. No, 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 not at all. But, I mean, to get in the ring with a guy like uh, Andre Water, for him to praise you in terms of, you know, your your hands, you know, that says a lot. Um, Now, as far as getting in the ring with the professional ranks, if he fights a professional that's serious, you know, ain't a chance in hell. But, hey, man, listen, uh, how long did that McGregor fight last? How many rounds? Eighteen. I don't remember. Oh, oh yeah. It, I, you know what? You know how long it, it lasted until Floyd wanted to end it. That's how long it lasted. That's for. what I'm saying. Until so, Floyd you know, was ready for it. Someone wants to let Nate Diaz, but the difference is, is like you know, I don't know who he's going to be fighting, right? Like maybe Nate fights uh, Oscar De La Hoya, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know what the fans are asking for these days, man. All right, man. Well, here's you what did? the here's what the people were asking for. They were asking for a Heisman Trophy winner. And they got one last night. New Boy, one of them. Crowned as the one Heisman. One of the weakest races in a while. You think what? so? Well, you know, hey, listen, man. They, I've been saying it here on People's Champ Radio for weeks and weeks and weeks that there is no special team in college football. I've been saying that's why That's why I always ask you every week, can anybody beat Alabama? Because there's no when there's no special team, it just seems like they're going to make sure Alabama is in a position, and they did again. Yep. They're going to make sure Alabama's in a position to win which they did again this year. So, you know, they're, they're, I don't think Oklahoma's special. Um, but Baker Mayfield, let's get back to Heisman. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy yes, uh, last night. Um, Lamar Jackson, in a surprise to me, finished third. Um, he actually finished behind, um, obviously, Baker and that uh, running back from, uh, where was he from? I can't remember where he's from. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, there you go. Uh, yeah. which, which I thought was Take weird. I thought that was weird only because I believe I'm not mistaken that in straight rushing yards, Lamar Jackson actually has more rushing yards than that guy, and he's a quarterback. But you know, whatever. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. How can you crazy? Think? This bro. guy only runs the ball. This quarterback has more rushing yards than him, and he has these <laughs> passing yards. But somehow that guy, right. whatever. What you know, I don't know what that logic was. But Baker Mayfield is the Heisman Trophy winner. Let me say this about Baker Mayfield. I don't, you know, I don't, whatever. If they thought he was deserving, all right, cool. I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, here's my thing about Baker Mayfield. Um, let's see what happens now, right? We've seen Oklahoma quarterbacks in the past win the Heisman Trophy um, and really not be that good. 
I think what happened with Baker, and this is what happens with a lot of these pre with a lot of the preseason hype, is you can ride out the preseason hype as long as you don't screw it up and basically put yourself in a position to win the award. And I think that's what happened to Baker. Everybody coming into the season, they were crowning Baker Mayfield, the U, the, the quarterback from uh, USC, and it was some talk about the running back, uh, the kid from Penn, from, from Penn State, and. The, obviously the kid from USC he, he screwed it up early in the season and Baker really didn't screw it up now he had some stupid stuff he was doing throughout the season right some little goofy stuff he's crying you know a little stupid shit here and there but in terms of his play you can say he didn't screw it up so I, I thought right to your point it was a pretty weak race because it just seemed like he was able to basically ride it out all the way to the to the Heisman Trophy at the end of the season so we'll see you know I guess man well, it's up to the NCAA to save the Heisman race. And what I mean is the Heisman race uh, shouldn't be the um, – it shouldn't be the best team, right? Like, they try to treat the Heisman like they treat the uh, NCAA uh, championship game. Like, we want the teams with the best records and the hardest, you know, hardest schedule and all that, you know, allegedly, by the way. But that's typically the um, – the criteria, if you will, right, to be one of those final four teams. With the Heisman, they're trying to do the same thing. They're trying to take the best players from those teams, right, who are in the race uh, to get to the national title. They got to quit doing that. They got to open the Heisman up. Let us see all the other excellent players around the country who may have a, a four or five loss team. Like, it, they have to make that okay. This is about being the best player in the country. Now, obviously, in a past heavy, um, league, right, that that the NFL is now and that college football is obviously going towards. Um, they, they've probably been doing it for longer than the NFL, actually. But just even the big teams are now really uh, throwing the ball a lot outside of Bama. Um, quarterbacks are going to always be in a race. So I'll, I expect the Baker Mayfield, right, someone like that to always be in a race. I expect the Sam Donald to be in a race when they, they crown him uh, before the season starts and say that he may be the number one overall pick. So that's just to help his spot, you know, his shine. They knew damn well USC wasn't going to be in a position, right, to win a title. But they threw his name in the hat anyway. So, but they got to open this up a little bit, right? I need to be able to look around and see a guy on a three-four loss team. Because I remember Oklahoma State. I think his last name is Hill. Had a wide receiver that everybody was saying, you know, may win the Heisman. So that's what they got to do. To me, they're ruining the Heisman, the Heisman race with this idea that if you. Um, you know, if your team's winning and you got a shot at the title, we're going to try to take the best players from these teams to give them the Heisman, right? Because then you start getting a bunch of Bama running backs and, you know, JT Barrett's in the hunt. You know, you're looking around like those are good players, but, you know, do we believe these are the best players in the country? Probably not. Right. And, I mean, to that point, Lamar Jackson had better stats this year than he did last year when he actually won the Heisman. Yeah, because he's the best college football player right now. Like, if you put him on OU, um, you know, they may be undefeated, in my opinion. That's just how excellent of a college football player he is. You know, now, if that translates, I have no idea. He won't either, because I don't even think they're going to give him a shot. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and the thing is, right, to, to your point about what they're doing with the, with the high, and they do this pretty much in all leagues in terms of, you know, if, if you're having a good season, somehow you you automatically get an MVP race um 
only it seems like only truly great players get get penalized in that right the michael jordans the lebron jameses for whatever reason those guys are the, are the ones who get penalized um because you know we, when, when mike was playing you almost could have gave it to him every year same thing about yeah. lebron at this point but somehow those other teams those other guys because they're having a good season and they're winning they they, they get mvps and things like that and, and in this you yeah, look Steve at Nash gets back two, to back steve nash is back-to-back mvp in a league that was being terrorized by kobe and shaq my man steve nash said we going back to back and him and Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, hey, Steph Curry, the first ever unanimous. <laughs> so, so, not Magic, nope. not Bird, uh-uh. not MJ. That don't work. Not Kareem. Nope. Not Will. Nope. Not Bill. Keep trying. Wow. Not Duncan. Nope. Not Elijah Wine. Uh-uh. Wow. Not Kobe. Nah, man. Steph Curry's the first ever unanimous. First of all, the fact that there's a unanimous vote is trash because I know exactly what that means. But the fact that he's the first ever, that, that that's bad. Especially because James Harden was balling out of control. It wasn't like it was no one else. And, and it's so bad, bro, that James Harden was voted by the NBA players as the MVP at that little award ceremony they been doing. Mm-hmm. And Cole Wilson. That's right. Cold War, when your peers are like, hey, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Your peers were like, yeah, I'm going to get this from the James Harden, though. I hear you. So, so, you know. But for the. For but that's neither here nor there. For the Heisman situation, anybody that you would have. Because my thing is, that, like I said about it, I, I didn't really have any beef with Baker Mayfield winning it just because I knew that they weren't going to give it to Lamar Jackson back to back years. And so I was like, you know, I don't, I, I get, you know, when I saw who were the, the guys that were invited, pretty much it was the Baker Mayfield Invitational at that point. Um, right. You know, anybody that you can think of that you would have liked to see win it, other than Baker Mayfield, or that you thought maybe had a realistic shot, maybe put it that way. Lamar Jackson should have won. He's the best player in college football. Right. I mean, and his stats show it. Your eye, the eye test shows it. He's the best player in college football. Baker Mayfield is an excellent quarterback in that system, no doubt about it. He's not better than Lamar Jackson. He just has a better team. It is what it is. Yeah, and you know, I'm just a fan of giving that trophy to the best player because teams um, are awarded um, the best teams are awarded with the trophy. But that 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 Heisman Trophy though, with the championship trophy, the Heisman Trophy should be more about the best players and. You know, I know what the NCAA is trying to do, but I just don't agree. Yeah, and, and the thing is, especially just to wrap this up, when you're playing Louisville, <laughs> listen, man, you're only game Come planning on, for man. one for one player on the team. <laughs> you're not doing any game planning for anybody else. Right. Come so, on, man. you know, there you go with that, man. Listen, you're listening to People's Channel Radio. You're checking us out. Roy Mack and Cash. We do this every single Sunday, man. Hit us up on the YouTube channel. Holla at us on iTunes in the podcast section. iHeartRadio, we coming, man. You know what it is, dog. Hey, what y'all got to do, we tell y'all this every single week, man. Y'all think it's a game. Got to get on this train now. You want to get on the train of People's Chant Radio right now. Because once this thing start moving, my dude. <laughs> Can't get no more free, Randy. You feel me? So, hey, man, that's the way it go. Let's 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 get on something, man, that, that me and you had some private conversations about. Um, <laughs> and I want to see where you are on this now, if you've evolved and come to your senses over the last couple of days. 
or not. Yeah, you know me. If you know anything about me, I'm never coming to my senses, but you could try. So let's, matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a sip. I got a little, uh, I got a little bit of, uh, let me see, make, one more. make sure everybody ain't nobody around me. All right, I got a little bit of uh, uh, a little vodka right now, man. I'm sipping on, on, uh, on the, the Riznaiz. So, you know, I'm just chilling, My sipping man. this. So I'm going to take a sip real quick before we talk about this. Hang on. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about Big Baller Brand as a staff, record label, and as a crew. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, right? So, unless you've been under a rock, right? You know not only about the Ball Brothers, but the Ball Father. You know about Jello Ball that went to UCLA, uh, has been dismissed. Well, was disciplined by the team for what happened overseas. Uh, as, a resu- as a result, his father t- took him off the team. His father had already taken his younger brother out of off of the high school team. And just for you know, just to, just for you know, throwing another wild card, his son, who his other son, who was the number two overall pick, isn't even the best rookie on his team currently. Um, but to my dismay. I keep hearing people talk about LeVar Ball as a genius. Now, before I go further, before you jump in, Cash, let me say this about LeVar. My, just, this is just my personal take about LeVar. I have absolutely no problems at all with LeVar. I have no issues at all with what he does or does not do with his kids. Not my business, not my place. Right? Um, right. I love the idea of LeVar Ball. But, right, the caveat to that is this. I'm I'm actually tired of hearing people say that he's smart and he's a G. I, I listened to Earl, I think it was Earl Watson. Yeah, it was Earl Watson. Talk about that that he's so smart and he did it. No, see, I, I don't believe that he's this smart that he is. Now let me say this. I do think that he is he takes advantages he takes advantage of situations, which is that is a part of being smart, right? It's saying, okay, this is a situation now, let's do this. But I think somehow people are maybe giving too much credit. And I don't want to say you got to criticize because I don't think it's, it's worth criticizing. He did what he wanted to do with his kids. I don't think, I mean, if you want to have your opinion about it, that's you. I think that's foolish because those are his kids. But what say right. you right now of, of, of the state of the ball boys and the big baller brand? Um, I think the state of the brand is fine because uh, I think that LeVar Ball is the brand, if that makes sense to you. Um, fortunately for them, he's the brand. Jello doesn't have a personality like to save his life. No disrespect to the kid, they just don't. The younger kid, he's, he's too young for me to really gauge him right now. Right now, he's just like a little goofy, you know, young kid. I think he's about six six though, so that's a great look for the kid. Um, and um, Zoe, right? He he does he he just super like you know nonchalant if I can find a word to describe the kid, right? He's just, you know, emotionalist, if you will, you know, and it's not to be disrespectful, but he don't he doesn't like, you know, give you that fire and desire look or anything like that, right? He you know what I mean? It is what it is. So um I don't think the brand's taking a hit. And I, I've gone back and forth with this in my head. So if let's say if Lonzo Ball was like balling right now, right? And like balling out of control. Um, I thought to myself, would that make 
uh, a couple more kids like fans of his more inclined to buy the shoe it would if he had the personality to match and I'm going to give you a great example Barry Sanders um, had no personality at all right like he's no Dion. you get me when Barry Sanders was playing he was my favorite player him and Dion Sanders and they still are my favorite all time players but Barry on the offensive side obviously right I never even thought about buying those uh, those Nike Zooms because Barry warm. I still had no desire to wear those shoes because he had no personality to go along with them. Dion sold me on the the Dion on the you know what I mean on the sneaker game. I remember a sneaker that wasn't even that tight from Dion. I still got some joints because I helped with Dion. They're heavy. You know what I'm saying? And with Barry, the Zooms was actually nice, and I was like, ah, you know, you know, I'm good. So. The point I'm making is, and also Zoe, if you remember, doesn't always rock. The, you know what I'm saying? The Triple B shoes. Now, I think he didn't rock them at the beginning because they weren't really ready. You know what I'm saying? In terms of the prototypes of the shoes and stuff like that. Um, that's why I think he didn't rock them. I, I think, honestly, it's for safety reasons. But uh, with that being said, I think the brand is fine um, because it's, it's awful of ball balls. He, uh, uh, personality really if I would have and I'm going to get a triple B I'm definitely going to get a hat and, and a t-shirt you feel me um, but I'm rocking it because like what you said the idea of it um, and I, I, I F with LeVar heavy I, I mean listen many people would love to have done what LeVar has done you know what I mean that literally is building um, a mini empire with what he's done so yeah I think the brand's fine bro I honestly do I think the brand. I don't think it was ever going to compete. You see what I'm saying? You got to think of like where right. was it going to go? You know right. what I mean? Like right. you going to compete with Nike? Come on, man. I think the brand is dying a slow death. I think uh, it's on life support, and I think that. Well, I think Lavar put it on life support. I think it was getting ready to die, and Lavar put it on life support. And you know, if you know one thing about life support, that that can go on forever if you wanted to. Right. Now, what happens is after a certain time, the doctors say, hey, man, listen, you know, you know, there's nothing else we can do. Now, if you, you know, what they always say is that when someone's on life support at a certain point, it becomes the family who doesn't want to let it go. You know what I mean? Everything's right. pretty much done. And so I think that's the state of Big Baller brand. Here's what I'm basing that on. You were talking about Barry Sanders. And you make a good point of why you didn't want to buy a shoe, although I'll say this. Not those, marketable, man. Right. We're although I'll marketable. say this. Although I'll say this, those Barry Sanders were silly. Man, I love those yeah. shoes. So I, I hear what you're hey, saying. But because of his personality, right? They didn't sell how they should have. I can agree with that to a certain degree. I rock those Barry Sanders because, man, they was, man, my was cold. But anyway, um, um, here's the thing. I don't know what the what what Big Baller brand is selling, right? And that's why that's why I keep saying I love the idea of LeVar Ball and of the brand. I love the idea of it. But Hold on, what, what do you mean you don't know what they're selling? Like I don't in know terms what, of, Well, I don't know what they're selling. They're not selling good basketball. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's I don't a, know what they're selling. Are they selling a lifestyle? Well, I don't see a lifestyle. Are they selling... Well, go ahead, right, go ahead. because Lonzo doesn't have a personality. That's my point. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's This thing is dying. It, it was It's dying, and because of LeVar, he put it on life support, and essentially he can leave it there for a long time. But I think this I think thing what is, you're ultimately saying is that like the peak of big baller brand is what it is right now. I think that's ultimately what well, you're well, no, no, not even right now. I think the peak of big baller brand was the draft. 
I think they missed right. an opportunity. I think if if Lavar was the genius, and listen, I don't know who's actually running the business. I know everything gets put on Lavar because he's the mouthpiece of it. So I don't yeah, want to yeah, say like I don't think he's in. The, you know, what I'm saying I don't think he's back there pulling all the strings in terms he, he of the business team, move. Because I, right. I watch their reality show. Exactly. They got a team. But I think that I think there was a window that was missed. Because understand, he was never going to be as popular. I'm talking about Lonzo now. He was never yeah. going to be as popular as he was draft night. No, nope. so, but let me ask, let me say this though. Yeah, yeah. In the defense of uh, Lavar, he couldn't have he couldn't have guessed that, right? Because um, his he start his his popularity got nuts. You know what I mean? It got nuts. Like you talking about Lavar or Lonzo? Lonzo. When okay. I saw um, those summer league games. Was like sold out. Oh my God, Daniel! You know what I'm saying? Bro, right. understand. I don't know who was ever the MVP of the summer league. I ain't trying to be funny until this year. This is the first time. And me, I actually was checking in to watch him play. And you know me as far as basketball is concerned, but I never watched summer league basketball in my life. But the 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 conversation, and obviously I watched the reality show, made me even more interested, right, in seeing this kid live. But so let me. That go. was that was after he got drafted. Now I'm, I'm saying that to say this: is that if you're Levar, right? You obviously believed in your son because you, you know, you sold the Lakers on picking him up. He he sold MJ, right? Magic Johnson on picking him up, right. number two overall pick. So if you're Levar Roy and you're that guy and you think and like, yo, my son is better than all these other kids, right? Then you wouldn't have cashed out because you're like, no, this is just the beginning. Now, unfortunately, right? People talking about you should be benched at this point. So, you know, that that's yeah. the unfortunate part. And here's the thing about LeVar, right? He's a promoter. And if you know one thing about a promoter, yep. a, a promoter just promotes. A promoter doesn't know what the what what the outcome is going to be of the event. No. The promoter don't talk that talk. Yeah, the promoter is betting on is betting on what they call in gambling the come. He's betting on that next card. He's betting that that next card is going to be the right card and that this event is going to do well. So to your point, LeVar I don't know if he even believed what the hell he was saying about his son was better. Well, true, clearly he, he can't unless he's just mental. But he clearly, clearly couldn't have believed that. But you have to say it because somebody's yep. going to buy into it, just like Magic did. And, and most people did buy into and it. And so what he was then hoping and betting on was that his son was going to have a really good season, right? So I'm with you on all of that. But but, but here's, yep. what I, here's what I'm saying. Here's what, I, what I'm setting up with the Ball Brothers. for the. This is at the draft. So here's what you have at the draft. This is draft day. Lonzo Ball, second overall pick. The uh, Jello Ball going to UCLA on a scholarship. He'll be there in the fall. And you got the youngest brother who's already, you know, rated super high in his class, one of the best players in high school. He's getting ready to start his high school season. Uh, his was he going to be a junior this year or a sophomore? I don't even remember. He's going to be a junior. He would have been a junior. Going to be this getting ready year. to start his junior year in high school. So all yeah. of so all of them, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're getting. That's what you had, right? The peak of big baller brand was that night. And my look, and I know I'm Monday, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking at this point. But looking back now, that was the peak of big baller brand, right? Oh, you, yeah, no doubt. You may even extend that to what you said with the with the summer league possibly being the peak because Lonzo did, although he had started showing some flaws in his game, he still ended up coming back and winning the MVP. So I can even extend it to there. Let's say the end of the summer league was the was the peak of big baller brand. Well, here's right. where we are today. <laughs> Here's where we are today. Not only is Lonzo not the best rookie on his team, like you said, people are saying that he probably shouldn't even be starting at this point. Jello was at UCLA. Me and you talked about it. He was at UCLA. I don't even know what kind of time he was actually going to get on the floor. 
he wasn't going to be a huge factor on that team. And now he's not even on the team anymore. And also now the youngest son is also being homeschooled. And now here's the other shoe that's dropped. Now the talk is there that the two brothers, Jello and Mello, are going to go overseas and play. This is where we are with Big Baller Brand right now. That they're going to take this. Yep. They're going to the two youngest brothers are going to go overseas to go play. Right. And I'm looking around and hey, listen. Here's the problem, right? With any good promoter, we were just talking about the fight game a minute ago, right? Don King can talk all he wants to about a fighter. De La Hoya can talk all he wants to about a fighter. Bob Arum can talk all he... They can talk those guys up until we get tired of hearing about it. At some point, they got to get in the ring and fight. We talked about Conor McGregor and Floyd. Listen, Conor talked so much, he literally had people believing that Floyd... He was going to knock Floyd out in two rounds. He talked so much that professional analysts were literally having a conversation about him potentially beating Floyd Mayweather. Think about that, bro. No, that, that's what I'm saying. And now think about that, Le, and now think about what that, what Levar and, and and his whole machine was able to do. They talked so much that they had people, you know, really saying people were your man, your man, Chris Broussard. Was yep. saying that well maybe he won't yep. be magic but he'll be Jason Kidd. <laughs> and see at that point I wanted to ask Chris Broussard, well what do you rank Jason Kidd in the pantheons <laughs> of uh, point guard? Do you think he's like a number uh, you know fifty all time? Like what the fuck do you mean he won't be mad? He won't be number one but he'll be number two. Like what are we talking but about? That's what we Bro, were. That's the equivalent of saying, hey man, he won't be um he he won't be MJ. You feel me? Hey, but he might be, he might be, you know, Drexler. Like, whoa, whoa, God damn, bro. <laughs> but I've never heard of a feeling like that in my life. And, but that's where we were with these guys. That's where people were oh, going with this thing. And so... LeVar sold these kids, man. And what happened, though... He talked that talk. But what happens, though, is this. At some point, all three of them got to get on the court and play basketball. And then at that point we at figure out everything. At some point, man. <laughs> at some point. And then and then Patrick Beverly, you know, punking you on your first day, and, you know. And here's what I don't. I li listen, you know me, Cash. We've talked about it. I've been a proponent of guys who are in high school going overseas to play F college, man, because they just gonna eat off you anyway. I've been a proponent of them going overseas, getting some money, and then coming over. I'm cool with that. The problem is. I don't, you know, listen, depending on where they go and play overseas and what happens, they probably be able to get their little stuff off. Jimmer Fredette is over in, I believe, China getting like 50 a night, you dig? And he, uh, he couldn't even hit a shot in the NBA. He couldn't even get a shot off in the NBA. Um, Marbury's still playing. He's 40-something years old over there. So maybe they can and go the over thing there. is, when we talk about these, um, you know, these foreign uh, playing overseas, we got to be – you know, we got to educate the people, right? Because people don't get it. It ain't the NBA over there. No, sir. They have several different tiers of leagues yes. in each country, whether in Europe, China, et cetera. So we don't know where they're going. Like you said, Marbury's in like this big China league that's big in China. But the, I don't know what the level of competition is over there because I saw a couple guys from and one, um, you know what I'm saying, and, and some foreign leagues, and I was looking at the competition. And, you know, this well, didn't seem very... Like, I'll I, tell you, you what know the what I don't know what tier they're going to. I, I don't know. 
I'll tell you what the competition is. Marbury's in his 40s and still playing. So that, that, that's what the competition is. He's in well, his well, 40s. That's my point, right? I don't know where Marbury's playing, and I don't know if that's going to be the same competition that, you know, Jello them are going to be playing again. that's true. But, but that's what that's I'm what Unless I mean. you're hearing something different, I'm hearing China for some weird. I don't know why Jello wants to go back over there, but that's what I'm hearing, right, is that it's going right. to be China. Because I'll tell you this. A lot of those Euro, Euro, uh, Euro leagues over there, a lot, a lot of those Europeans, they got some good ball players over there. And if you think you're going to come over there, and see, I don't think that he should let those kids go over there and do that. I think he should keep selling the idea of how good the other two brothers are. Because, again, once you go out there and you play and you expose yourself, you know, now, because when they go over there, let's say they go over there. And they not getting their ish off. One thing that Jello won't be able to do is come down and shoot half court shots. I'm not not, not Jello Mello, whatever the hell his name is. They won't be able, you know what I'm saying? Like this is where we were at with these guys. People were literally, you know this cash. People on social media were having conversations about how good of a half court shooter this guy is. The younger brother I'm talking about. Oh, I, I know that nigga was like, uh, you know, two for twenty five. I mean, you so, know what I, mean? I don't know, man. I like the I like I said I like much like you I think we we on the same page of liking the idea of big baller brand and everything like I said I just don't know what they're selling because when you're selling a product you got to sell something you know what I'm saying some some products are selling sex some are selling a life like Floyd Mayweather with the TMT right he's selling his undefeated record and this lifestyle that's what he's selling right I have no clue what big baller brand is selling. At first, I thought they were selling a good basketball player, but I've come to look out now that I, I, shit, I, it doesn't look that way. <laughs> you feel me? Right. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But we'll see. You know, listen, one thing I do want to tell people here on People's Champ Radio, I'm not rooting for any one of these boys to fail. You know what I mean? I, I what, 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 you know, If they succeed, I'll be the first one to come over here and, and, and give them props. But from what I see so far... Listen, I, I think. What do you think about Jello? I think he the boy don't got just in general. I mean, listen. I, I, um, let me first of all let me do this, man. Let me back up. So Jello, right? Jello, they keep saying he's a good shooter, and I haven't seen any evidence of that. You know what I mean? I'm dead serious. I haven't seen. When you tell me a guy's a good shooter, I'm like, based on what? I, I've seen him play um, several times in high school. I've seen, you know what I mean, a, a couple of games he's played, and I'm like, I don't see this. You know, when you say a guy's a shooter, man, I mean, that you, you can't just give people monikers like, you're a good shooter. You feel me? Like, I had to see the evidence. And the way he was, the, the position he was playing in high school really wasn't guard play. It was more of power forward kind of play. You know what I'm saying? You can look at his build and everything. Um, so that's the Angelo ball. So, you know, this whole, you know, he's a, a D3 shooting guy. He can shoot threes. You know, he's a sniper, that type of rhetoric. i got to see that, right? And uh, they said that this year he was set to be, you know, the third person off the bench. You know what I mean? So how good can he shoot, right, uh, at UCLA, which they're not ranked in the top ten right now. So um, I just believe that it's extremely difficult for – uh, anyone, I mean, just go look at the tree of players in the NBA. How many of their brothers, right, made it to the league with them? It's very difficult, man, in the, in the genetic lottery to get it more than once. You know what I mean? So, 
I said all this to say this. I think Leangelo was a good high school basketball player. I believe he could play college because I believe 90% of the kids in high school can play college ball. There's so many different levels from you know, D1, AA, D1, you know, 3A, two, uh, you know, D, you know two, uh, Division two ball, like right, NAI, right. et cetera. So, you know, he can play ball somewhere. Um, do I believe that he's a NBA talent? No. But do I believe he could play in the NBA? Sure. There are a bunch of people in the NBA that shouldn't be in the NBA. But do I believe that um, he's an NBA talent, meaning that uh, he could work his way into a rotation um, for a reputable NBA team, right, and play? No, I don't believe he has that ability. And frankly, I don't see that he wants that. I don't know him personally, but from what I've seen from him, it doesn't even feel like that's his journey. Um, now, as far as Lamelo's concerned, what I want to do right now is look up the um, high school men's basketball uh, recruiting list or rankings list. Okay. Right? I'm going to look up the top. Yeah, I'm going to look up the top. Let me know when you get 100 players. Let me know yeah, when you get Yeah, I'm going to pick up the top 100 players. And this is going to tell me where um, LaMelo is because, you know, we can do all this um, – guessing, if you will. But when you look at this list, this, these are real implications. They don't give a damn about LeVar Ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're not going to – this list ain't going to be made because, like, people think, like, LeVar Ball, um, you know, he could talk his kid up. Like, this list is going to literally be based on the fact that they believe in these players. You feel me? Right, right. Oh, so, yeah, man. Let me, look, let me pull this list yeah. up for and you, boy, Matt. And let me say this, why you, why you looking it up? Let me say this. Here's my solution. I'm fast forwarding to my solution, and this is what I think Big Baller Brand should do. LeVar, if you're listening, this is what you should do. Don't let those boys go overseas. Take a page out of N1 book, right? Start selling the narrative that the NBA won't give your other boys a, a fair shot. And so y'all start going around and doing like a little N1 type deal where y'all go around with the Big Baller basketball team or whatever featuring your two sons. And y'all play, you know, these games because they're, they're very popular online. Um, apparently, the high school kids, the little junior high kids love them. So have them go out and ball out against other high school kids or other guys that are, like, pretty good players in their area and put on those types of exhibitions. That way you can sell some merch. Those two guys don't get exposed against really good talent. And, you know, hopefully Lonzo works out for the Lakers. There you go, man. All right, so LaMelo Ball is ranked seventh on the list for juniors, right? Um, and he's 6'2". So everybody kept saying he's like 6'6". Six, six. I'm looking at the numbers right now. They got him rated as a five-star, right? Um, he got a grade of a 95 out of 100. Um, now, they got the UCLA committal, right? It was That was August 2015. What a, <laughs> what a fucking committal and... 2015, my man. Um, but obviously that's done, right? Forfeit your rights once you, you know, play overseas ball and get an agent. Right. Um, I don't know if they have an agent yet, so, you know, who knows. Uh, but with that being said, right, he was ranked seventh on that list. Now, I'm not going to tell you the other six guys ahead of them because you don't know who they are, right? You don't know who they beat. You don't know who beat them. So uh, my point of making this point is that no one's talking about these other kids on this list. The only reason we're talking about Lamelo is because of his father, not because of his actual game. Because from what I've seen, Lamelo doesn't have a handle, and he's going to be a point guard, right? 
He's got to be a quote-unquote combo guard. Um, the brother doesn't have a handle. Um, as far as his jump is concerned, I question the consistency of it, especially when you're shooting half-court shots, right? Um, and look, they're talking about his playmaking skills are flashy but accurate. They're not flashy. I watched this kid play. Um, listen, I, I don't – listen, at 6'2", bro, I, I've seen way more. You know what I'm saying? I've seen much – more impressive players. Wait, uh, I his, watched the kid from. Uh, I watched the kid. He's a freshman. That what's my guy's name? Sexton plays for Alabama. I watched him play last Tyler night. Sexton. Yeah. yeah, I watched him play yep. last night. Listen, that's a great example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Melo's not that. <laughs> you feel me? Right, right. And Collins, and Collins having trouble too in college. By the way, like he's a freshman and he, you know, he'll get better. But my point is, is he's nowhere near Collins Sexton. And Colin Sexton might not be an NBA starting point guard when it's all said and done. That's just being right. honest. No, that's real talk. I've seen him play. That, to me, I don't look at Colin Sexton and say NBA starting point guard. I believe he can get in and get some, some Patrick Beverly minutes in. Right? And to, to, um, to your point, he's much faster and way more uh, athletic than, than, than Melo. And I, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking in high school. I'm talking in high yeah, school. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, no, yeah. In high school, when I saw Kyle Sexton in high school, I was like, okay, this guy got some good. When I watch a Melo play, I don't see any of that. I just don't see it, to be honest with you, bro. Uh, but shout out to LeVar Ball, right? Put his kid on the map. The high frame is behind the Ball family. And I will be watching season two of Ball and the Family. Shout out to my big homie LeVar Ball. So, again, this conversation is ultimately about the big baller brand. Yeah, um, I believe that it's a legitimate company and that I believe that it's reached its peak and it is what it is. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I think don't believe should. they would ever compete for anything more than... Because look at Floyd Mayweather's brand, right? Yeah. Let's just take a, take a quick scope. TMT. You got a hat, I got a hat. Um, I don't know if you got a hat, right? Um, shout out to the big homie Hooks. He won a hat off, off, off me for a bet. We made right, so he got a hat. So, point is, is I don't see a bunch of TMT shit running around here, right? And we know that Floyd Mayweather's name, as a name, as as big as it gets, it's difficult to break into this branding thing, though, right? It's one thing to have a name for yourself; it's another thing to really like push a brand. Just go ask Kanye, you know what I mean? So, you know, I think that's it. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, I think they should really do a do a tour with the two younger brothers, have them go around and play. I think I think that would really. Hey, I was about to say, hey, listen, unless they pick their opponents, boy, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, no, uh, uh, you'll uh, get your uh, ass told. That's up. the thing. Of course, you're picking it. That's what N one did. N one, you know, they would pick who they're playing against, and you would you would have it so that those would be. It's just like matchmaking, right? You would put them against some guys that they should be able to handle. Um, and that they, they don't they don't get exposed. The whole thing is for them to go out there. They're not going to play any real defense. Nobody ever plays. Right, they're going to play against yeah. some grown men. You yeah, you're going to be able to get your little shit off, some ooze and not. Because, listen, it's going to be all about people uploading stuff that they did, right? Um, right. Everybody gets to shoot their little half-court shots. You feel me? So it And that would be a way to get the brand, to, to continue the branding, and they don't get exposed. But we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens, man. Listen, right. we are. We're running out of time on People's Champ Radio, man. This thing go by quick. Let me let me ask you this though, man. Before we get to to, to a couple more topics, I want to get to. I went to a meeting. Yeah, we're doing some meetings right now by People's Champ Radio. I went to a meeting um, for People's Champ, 
little plug I'm throwing in there, man. I'm throwing some shots at y'all, man, for y'all suckers who think we ain't out here working. We working, man. Anyway, yeah, I was at a the money. Yeah, man, I was at a meeting for People's Chant Radio, and um, I asked for something to to uh, 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 for for a pencil because I wanted to sketch. I had some pens, but I was trying to do some some sketching. I knew I was gonna need to erase, and I didn't want to scratch out. So I said, "Hey, you might got a pencil." And they handed me a mechanical pencil, and it was like everybody in the room had mechanical pencils for some weird reason, right? And let me let me say this: I'm not, I, I don't like mechanical pencils. Um, at what age? What you got to What you got against well, mechanical pencils? I man. feel like at at a certain age, you just shouldn't have a mechanical pencil. I don't know. I, I just always thought like probably at, yeah. once you get to like your junior year of high school, I think you should probably be cool with mechanical pencils. I think the idea. Hey, let me say this: if you got a you got a pencil at all, I mean, I'm looking around. Well, that's what I'm. Geez. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, the only reason I was asking for that in this meeting because we we were all kind of sketching things. That I, I don't want to give away what the meeting was about, but we were kind of sketching some things out, uh-huh. and it was you know I'm trying to get some in myself so I can present it. And, you know, on, on on the whiteboard because we out here doing you know made it's major moves. You feel me? But um, yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. Like it was a bunch of like it was a bunch of like young millennials in there that all had these mechanical pencils. They were you know on some real hipster type stuff and. And I, I didn't know if this was like some some young twenty something thing where you know I mean, listen bro listen right again some figure some figure spinner yeah <laughs> hey you at, know what I'm saying? when was the last time you used a mechanical pencil uh, never <laughs> yeah, mom, that's hey, my man. point bro hey man hey hey man listen I grew up in the hood sunny side baby we had no mechanical yeah, pencil I'm, I'm looking around like first of all that's a very privileged thing to have as a mechanical cause no, not, it is cause first of all you're buying a device that you didn't have to go buy lead for so it's like you know yeah, yeah listen <laughs> I'm about to say you know and if you know well it's uh it's not lead anymore right it's graphite I don't know what the hell it is cause you know <laughs> lead you know lead, yeah, lead you know that's poison yeah I'm out on it either way yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know. I was like, bro, why the hell have I got mechanical pencils? But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not smart enough for that room. I don't know, man. But I hadn't used mechanical pencils. Hey, man, be cool, stay in school. But tell me what what you got in the news. I want to get to this Yankees thing before we wrap up. But anything else in the news that you saw, man? You want to throw out? Yeah, man. I saw something disturbing, man. I saw a video. Disturbing news. What's popping? Disturbing effing news, man. And, and listen, uh, another one, right? <laughs> Another uh, one. I saw a video of a uh, police officer uh, shooting uh, an unarmed suspect, right? And in the video, the cop who's supposed to be, you know, the cool, calm, collected guy is barking orders. He's confusing the hell out of the suspect. He's making the suspect crawl to him, and but don't move, and... Um, it, it, it's just disturbing, man. And what I'm gathering from this is that, you know, and, and here's the most disturbing thing about it, is that, and, and, the, young, and, the, and the young man that was executed, his name is uh, uh, Dan, Daniel uh, Shaver. So RIP to him. Uh, but the most disturbing part about all of this, man, is that the cop is found not guilty. That's what's most disturbing. And that's not... In the, in the hand of the cops, right? That's in the hand of the people. And so I'm looking at you Trump supporters out there because uh, usually you guys are the one letting these, these, these killers off. And I'm saying to myself, you know, we can complain about police violence all we want. Probably not going to slow anything down. What needs to happen is there has to be a consequence 
for gunning down unarmed people. So this cop's name is Philip Brailsford, right? He was found not guilty of this charge. Uh, he was fired by the force for, uh, I believe it was illegal use of a firearm or something like that. Um, why, the reason why they fired him. Um, but again, he was found not guilty, though. You did? Mm, yeah. And so, and the judge didn't allow this video to be used um, as evidence, by the way, right? Which is bizarre. Like, that, what's the fucking point of the body cam if you're not going to use that in, in, a, in, a, in a trial? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Why, what's the body cam for? Just personal? You just want to add a footage? Like, you got to be able to use this. And look, this cop has your fuck etched into his AR-15 rifle, by the way. The same rifle that he gunned the gentleman down with, he has the words, you're fucked, inscribed into the side of it. Damn. Yeah, I saw you this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I saw, well, let me say this. I, I didn't watch the whole video because I saw what what it was leading up to. I saw people talking about it, and so I turned it on, and I saw the setup, and I'm like, okay, I can't watch this whole thing. Um, but it's yeah, bizarre. I didn't see all those it's details. Bizarre. That's crazy. So, as soon as the uh, yeah, it's crazy. So as soon as the uh, the is a male and a female, it's two cops by the way. As soon as they come, you know, around, you know, the cops like, you know, get down. He's screaming at him, right? He's abrasive. Oh, I'm fine with the, you know being loud, right? You want authority, but then he goes into this, you know, whole I'm not here to be diplomatic. You're here to obey my orders thing, right? Which, again, it's cool. <laughs> but you got a gun pointed down a barrel. Why are you telling someone that you're not here to be diplomatic? You're, you know, I'm not here to be diplomatic. You're going to obey my orders, et cetera. And, and if you watch the video, what he says is they're kind of chuckling a little bit. Like, yo, this nigga tripping. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it's a yeah. male and a female. You feel me? They're like, yo, what? And then he goes to this, like, warning phase of, Listen, I said this this time. If you do this again, you're going to get, we're going to shoot you. Understand, bro, these are unarmed civilians, right, at this point. There is no indication that they have a, a weapon on them, right? Um, and so he's making the female crawl towards him. He tells the guy multiple times that he's going to kill him, by the way. That he, he says, hey, I'm going to shoot you. You move your, you know, whatever. I'm going to shoot you. So he was literally looking for a reason. Now, let's get back to the beginning of why this all started, because details are very important. Yeah, the context, man. Right? So context is very important. So what happened was the cops got a call that uh, uh, um, someone in a hotel room, right, was pointing a rifle outside of his hotel room. So when I thought about this, I immediately thought about the Las Vegas hotel shooting. Right? So they could have been on alert, like, oh, shit. You got a hotel shooter, right? So someone called the cops and said, yo, somebody's pointing their rifle, uh, you know, out of a hotel room. And so um, apparently this guy has two pellet gun rifles. And he was showing them off to the female that he had. You know, they were in a hotel. But he was at a hotel with a female that's not his wife, by the way. He's married. Um, and they was, like, drinking a little bit. And he was probably been a fucking idiot, right? I don't even doubt it. He probably had the little pellet, you know, showing, he was probably shooting outside of that window, too. I don't know the facts on that, but let's just say for the sake of argument, 
as a cop, you, you're aware of all the press going around. You're aware of the previous shooting in Vegas and how dangerous of a situation it is. So um, I'm not mad at the cop for taking all the precautions at all. My problem is, is two cops there. You got your guns drawn on two people already. You get one of them in custody, right, in handcuffs. Now, it's two cops there. Why one cop couldn't pat the guy down, whatever the case. Yo, I don't know their protocol, you feel me? So, and I understand as a cop, your life's always on the line. I have, you know, we have several friends that are cops. So I'm never going to tell them to risk their lives just to make someone else feel better. But when you start telling people crawl towards you and all this other shit, that's when I get confused. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no I'm used to the, I'm used to the like lay on your fucking stomach and put your hands behind your back, right? While we get these cuffs on your ass. I get that. But this whole like do this and do that, and it was confusing the instructions, man. It was telling dudes to do a lot of shit. The dude started getting nervous. The dude starts crying, right? So the suspect starts crying at one point. He's nervous. He's like, yo, this cop is, like, losing his shit. You feel me? The cop's yelling, and he's making the suspect more nervous. The suspect don't really know what the fuck to do with his hands at this point. He's, you know, they're up in the air. They're down. And he's crawling towards the cop. As he's crawling towards the cop, he reaches back with both his hands to, like, pull his uh, shorts up. This is what it's looking like, right? He's got shorts up. And the cop just fucking guns him down, bro, in the middle of the hallway. And I'm watching this shit. And so I, I immediately go to the comment section. Because I'm like, let me see what's the temperature out here. Let me see if there's any assholes, right, who are like, yo, you fucking don't do what the cops say, you die. Nah, man. To a man, everyone was like, yo, this cop looked like he was ready to murder this dude. Everybody, everyone saying this is a cold-blooded murder. ETC. But then you get to the verdict. And he's found guilty, uh, not, uh, innocent, even with this footage. Now, obviously, they, um, the, and this is what's confusing to me, Roy, is that the jury didn't have this footage. <laughs> the judge wouldn't allow the jury to see this footage before making a decision. Come on, man. Yeah, that's disturbing shit. Yeah, so I'll story. give you the killer's name again. Um, the killer's name is uh, Philip Brailsford, B-R-A-I-L-S-F-O-R-D. Um, and you can watch this video, YouTube, you know, TMZ, obviously. Um, and Daniel Shaver uh, was the suspect that was killed. Uh, R.I.P. to that young man and condolences to uh, him and his family. It's a, it's a, listen, again, it has to be consequences for gunning people down other than public outcry that's real spill that's real spill man yeah that's a crazy crazy stories man that's wild absolutely let me hard say to watch. Yo, hard yo, to watch like man. i said I, I i couldn't get through it um on a lighter note <laughs> man people's chat radio roy mac and cash coming to the end of the show man make sure you hit us up on youtube rate comment subscribe hit the bell icon so you can get notified when that new ish is dropping itunes in the podcast section that's where you can find us we right there as well aha radio we coming soon no chaser radio is the movement let me give you a piece of information man uh on some news that i saw and then we'll jump into the yankees and we'll wrap this thing up um are you familiar with a young lady named allison stoke i believe it's her last name does that do anything yeah does that do anything for you 
But it, I do have the internet. Put me on game. It shouldn't do anything for you. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. <laughs> she okay. became okay. she became what they call internet famous around 2007, I believe. She was in high school. She is a pole voter. Well, she was a pole voter in high school. Absolutely know exactly yeah. who the fuck that is. She became. I'm gonna tell on, but let me tell you why. Because TMZ and they perverted ass, they'll always have on the side all these photos of people and things of that nature. So I was like, yo, what the hell are they talking about? Because I kept seeing this Allison Stoke person. And I was reading it, you know, they talking about she was a phenom in high school and this and that. Right. But then I saw, I, well, here's, here's the deal, though. As I'm reading a legitimate story, it turns into a perversion about well, that's how she developed. And I'm looking a, around like, whoa, 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 whoa what just happened? Put a, put a pin there. I'm not, I'm going to get to that. So hang on. Jesus Christ. So the reason I bring her up is because, you know, obviously she's a pole voter, so that's a bit sports related. And she's it's just come out that she's dating um, one of these young golf guys. I think it's Ricky Fowler she's dating now. Which isn't the point of the conversation, but that ties it right. in. She is dating uh, one of the top professional golfers in the world. But young Allison, when she was 17, there was a, a seemingly innocent photo taken of her as she was preparing for uh, a vault. Uh, she, she's a pole voter, so she's standing there getting ready to go up next, and there was a photo taken of her. That right. photo was taken, and she became internet famous as Hot Pole Vote Girl, Right. Right now, which Allison, is, which is inappropriate as fuck. And Allison said, right? that, Allison said that this ruined her life um, because she was looked at as a sex object, and she was getting all this attention via social media with people who weren't interested in her pole vaulting, only the way she looked. Um, she was still able to get a scholarship to Cal, where she said, "Man, this, what a ter- what a terrible life." Where she said this continued. And she just, you know, she said, so, it really hold on, let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me back up a little bit, you know, cause growing up, um, you know, as a shorty, right. I wasn't deemed as the attractive, uh, an attractive bunch of guys. Right. So what she telling me is that she had an issue with being labeled as, a, as an attractive female. Okay. Yeah, she didn't like it. She said that she that, that people were more interested in the way she looked and that, you know, it, it just, you know, it made her very worried. She said that she would be nervous about, um, you know, changing at home. She would always make sure everything was locked and closed because she didn't know what was going on. And yeah, it was, it was yeah. a lot of, she said it was a lot of anxiety in it for her. Um, she failed to make the Olympic Games, which was her dream, obviously. She failed to do that. She contends Damn. that she thinks some of it Competing was be- for the Olympics, huh? Okay. Yeah, she felt that, like a hell of a privilege. Like what? She felt that some of it, you know, this is obviously after she graduated college and she didn't make the team. She felt that some of that was probably because of mentally. Um, she just really oh, wasn't all there, okay. you know. So right, right. because of this was affecting her, because she said that when she would pole vote now, she felt like people were just looking at her, but not looking at her, looking at her. That's the way, you know, one of the quotes she had. Now and, let me say this. Um, this should be put on that photographer, right? Because well, I, we didn't even know who this person is. Well, hold on. The photographer actually fought to get the photo pulled because he took the photo just because she's one of the she was one of the top uh, high school pole voters in the country. So he was taking it just yeah. because you know to put it out. And he actually tried to get it pulled, but you know, like I know, once it's on the internet, it's on the internet, man. Good luck. You feel me? Now listen, hold on. Let me back up. He said he tried to get it pulled. But I digress. Yeah, now that's what he said. He did that. That he was. That he. Um, you know, they did show that he sued. And, and her dad's a lawyer, so he did what he could do as well. 
Um, uh, right. But, but, but I'm just saying. Yeah. He said he tried to get it pulled, but if you know anything about photography, kids, and I, I got a little, you know, what I'm I got a little background in photography. Photography, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a well, I'm a well-rounded cat. You look through all your photos before you release anything. Well, that's so the he thing. Could, he's, the photo, he saw that photo, and he still released it. The photo in itself, I mean, and, and I think that's part of the argument. That's not the part of, of the point of where I'm going, but the photo in itself. You know, it. You know, everything is subjective, right? <laughs> the photo in itself. Everything. The photo in itself. It, it, you know, it's she's not bending over. She's not. She she's standing there getting ready to pole vault. That's that's literally what she's doing. I think that was my confusion with the photo. <laughs> yeah, honest. she's standing there getting ready to com- to compete. I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "Hey, the photo that changed her life." Right. And exactly. I was searching. I was like, "Yo." Right. Man, and so what are we talking about. Yeah. And so here's here's where the plot takes a twist for me, right? Because there's far more attractive women in trap. Exactly. Like, but, come on, man. But here's where it takes a twist for me, because ultimately and now... Hold on, let me say, before you finish, well, yeah, let me yeah. cut y'all one second. Let me finish. Let me say this. Allison, if it makes you feel better, you're not that attractive. But go ahead. Hilarious. <laughs> but here's where it took a... Here's where the whole thing took a twist. Because I, I told you now she's dating, uh, you know, multimillionaire um, professional no, hold golfer. On, boy. Hold on, I know she's not dating... Uh, a multi-millionaire superstar athlete, dog, because you know those guys only want women for one thing, right? Well, hold on, let me get there. Let me, let me, let me, let me work. Let me work. Hold on. So here's what happens. Here's what happens, right? After she graduates college, doesn't make it in the Olympics. She was just so broken up. And then the way the article presented it was that finally, <laughs> she didn't give in. They didn't say she gave in, but it was like she accepted. <laughs> I, I, I'm not making this up. She accepted her looks and her beauty. And so because, you know, she couldn't make it on the highest level of that profession, she became a fitness model <laughs> where she oh is <laughs> where she's now paid <laughs> to have people look at her as a pretty woman and look at her body. <laughs> so as we come full circle, ladies and gentlemen, so the very thing. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, man, she became <laughs> she became a fitness model where she takes photos, you know, and does some fitness stuff. She does does videos, instructional videos, and you know, hey, hey man, listen. She accepted the fact that she was pretty, is what the, the article said. That she accepted the fact Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> Damn, what a, what a terrible <laughs> life, man. Some people just got listen, some people just gotta rough. Hey, you know man. what I mean? Hey, listen. I'm reading it. You know what's happening now? Her, her and Lolo Jones shall like start some type of like fitness thing together. That's what they should do. Her and Lolo, man. I thought that thing coming full circle is that, that's the one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time, bro. I don't even understand. Jesus that's hilarious. The, and, and you know, it's the Tim Tebow thing, right? Because Tim Tebow is, you yep. know, he's God first. But then, listen, let's call it what it is. When you are in magazines with your shirt off, with your shorts kind of yeah. riding down below your waist a little bit, you're selling sex. Let's just be real. Yeah. Anytime you are bearing uh, that much skin, you're selling sex. And for look, a woman to yeah, bear man. her abs, she's selling sex. For a man to take his shirt off, you're selling sex. Yeah, so it just is what it is. I'm not saying it's an issue yeah. with any of that. I'm just, you know, saying what it is. You feel me? Right. But yeah, man, that's a bit of the news right there, man, for y'all. But let's let's wrap it up with this Yankee thing. Um, <laughs> Young man. Uh, I woke up to a Twitter storm a few days ago about... You know, Derek Jeter is over there with the with the Marlins now, and their MVP of the league, Stanton, 
50 home runs last year, was being traded to the Yankees. And people were thanking Derek Jeter <laughs> and saying how he should get another statue because he just added. It, listen, I don't, for people who aren't that into baseball, let me just put it like this. It's basically the equivalent of of KD going to the to the Warriors. That's basically what just happened. KD went to the Warriors. Let me put it that way for just to put it out there. Just the easiest way to say it. KD went to the Warriors. That's what happened the other day. And listen, um, <laughs> that's what the Yankees do, right? That's what the Yankees do. So I yeah, wasn't. They buy chips. Yeah, I wasn't but it, surprised, but, it, but you know, it's acceptable in baseball, though. It know? really is. It really is, and it's it's sad because they're saying, "Hey, listen, hey, we hey we we won't lose to that to that to that cheap ass Houston team again." <laughs> We won't right. do that again. You feel me? Um, on a certain level, I respect it because we, you know, as as if you have a favorite team, you want to see your team that you like, quote unquote, spend money to try to win. But, right. But in baseball, where you essentially can spend however much you want to as, a, as as an individual team, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. My so, goodness. Right. You know, I mean, I, I saw that and it was like, damn, again, All right, Yankees. So yeah, man, there, there, there's that. <laughs> there's that. So I know the Strohs so wanted. So what you're saying is the Yankees are back. They, they, I mean, obviously last year they had a great run too. Yeah, no doubt. But um, what you're saying is that you know the Yankees are back in the uh, the conversation for uh, becoming uh, the old Yankees again. Well, yeah. Well, here's what they they have on their team the two best um, deep ball hitters in baseball. They they literally make. They may have two guys combined for over 100 home runs next year. Two guy, only two guys <laughs> may hit over 100 home runs next year. Right. I mean, this is what we're talking about That's at this point. That's crazy. You feel me? Hey, PED alert. Oh, my gosh. You feel me? So PED alert. You know, and listen, I'm saying this as a Yankee. I like the Yankee. I like the 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 the, the fact of them being the evil empire. Because what I hate is I I hate when Boston wins in baseball. It just does something to my. To, it should do something to everybody's soul. They're just a you know that's a soulless fan base. Um, I like the idea of you know the Kansas Cities of the world, the Astros of the world winning. But right. the Yankees, what they Shout said, out to my strolls, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to my strolls. What the Yankees basically said was, "Hey, dog, no more playing around. We 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 done right. messing around with y'all, man. Let's get let's get let's get back serious out here in these streets." And look, it, it, it's really about time, man. Because you know the Yankees starting to, to me, they starting to lose that that nostalgia. You know what I mean? They're starting to to lose their stripes, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not the talk of baseball anymore. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% right. And I think a lot of people were saying, um, you know, hey, this is a team because th that Yankee team is young. That's not a, that's not a, yeah. that's a young team. And I think yeah. a lot of people were saying that, hey, you know, well, they're, they're a young team and, you know, in a couple of years and the Yankees are like, no, 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 not in a couple of years, next year. <laughs> not a couple of years. Not yeah, a win. We, got, we, we even got time for it because they probably looked at the Astros, right, and the Dodgers, and were like, "Okay, we can beat those guys." Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And they, and they just the, the Astros just won. So yeah, man. Yeah. So get ready, man. So y'all can get ready out there. If you're not a, if you're not a, a Yankees fan, you know, good luck. <laughs> um, and we'll see what oh, happens. It's gonna cost. Yeah, and they man. got that paper. Yeah, but we can ready to get up out of here, man. Anything on on on, on football right now that they, they should be looking at or that, that that's happened before you as we wrap this up, Cash? Uh, man, I, not really, and, and that's why we really didn't talk football today, because at this point, 
Um, you really just be talking about teams who got the outside shot into the playoffs. I mean, Dallas beat the the waning Giants, right? Like if Dallas didn't win, you know, <laughs> shame on you, right? Um, no doubt. So they won a game they were supposed to win, and it was a lot closer than what the uh, final score indicates. That the Giants ultimately imploded in the last five minutes of the goddamn football game. Shout out to Eli Manning for being Eli Manning. But yeah, the Cowboys are technically still in the playoff hunt. The um, the Packers are as well because they just won. I'll say this: both of those teams, you know, the Cowboys and the Packers, if they can get their guys back, right? They can make a really interesting, uh, a really interesting playoff run. You know, if, if Packers, if they get Aaron back and if the Cowboys get Zeke back, which I believe he's set to come back in like a week or two. So I could be wrong, but I want to say he's supposed to come back around like week 13, 14. So, um, yeah, you know, the Cowboys, their hopes are still alive, man. But, you know, they kind of are who they are, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, um, no and, and, you know, listen, if Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, then all bets are on. Because, like you said at the beginning of the year, man, uh, when the playoffs come, bro, you got a top quarterback like that, you got a legitimate shot no to like doubt. get to the Super Bowl. No doubt, you did. So that's and about it, man. Listen, man, join me for uh, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, People's Champ on the YouTube channel, I'm gonna do a breakdown on Wednesday about this regular season in the in the NFL and why it's been so disappointing and why that has absolutely nothing to do with the protest. Um, and and to hey listen uh, to the fans out there, man. You know, people champ. We're gonna give y'all a lot more of us throughout the week because there's a lot to talk about throughout the week as well. And um, so we're gonna start. You know, saying so give y'all some hot takes, man. Uh, on this Monday through, I would say probably Monday through Thursday is realistic. What you think, Roy Mac? Roy Roy Mac controls all the uploads, man. So when y'all don't get that heat, it's because of Roy. So yeah, man, leave me out of it. Hey, listen, man. I'm the. You know what's funny? I'm like the Wizard of Oz, right? I'm behind the yeah, scenes, you're the man. Yeah. You're the gatekeeper, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, no, no, no. But I'm, you're the gatekeeper. We're working it out right now, man. I'm going to be coming to y'all every single Wednesday at, uh, during the week. So I'm going to come midweeks, holler at y'all. Uh, but we we working it out. So I got a lot of content on here still, man. Listen, y'all y'all suckers. Y'all think we ain't out here working, man. Let me talk to y'all one time before we get out of here. Y'all think we ain't out here working. We ain't out here grinding, Tom, man. Tom. We got content stacked up. You know what I'm saying? We got merch on deck. You feel me? We got deals people throwing at us out here on uh, in these streets. Don't, hey, y'all act like we ain't out here working, man. Come on, man. Get yeah, out of here with that, man. Listen, People's Champ Radio, man. Roy Mack and Cash. Holler at us every single Sunday afternoon on the YouTube channel. Hit us up in the podcast section of iTunes as well. All Hard Radio, we coming. No Chaser Radio is the movement. Cash, we out of here, man. Cash out.